1: Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you've got a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us over on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And be sure, once a month, cast your vote for the show on Podcast Alley, podcastalley.greatdetectives.net. Before we do get started with today's program, I do want to remind you that every week over at greatdetectives.net, I post at least uh, one article. These can be on Golden Age detective stories or other types of Golden Age television, movies, or radio, as well as an occasional review of books, movies, or CDs uh, that are mysteries. You can check it out at greatdetectives.net. And if you have a Kindle, you can automatically have these posts delivered to your Kindle. You can try that out free for 14 days. Well, William Gargan... Didn't find great success with ideal and crime. Where he did gain renown was as one of television's first stars. He landed the role of Martin Kane, Private Investigator, which was a live detective show broadcasting from uh, New York City. The series was sponsored by the United States Tobacco Company. And when Gargan was on Martin Kane, the show was, uh, kinescope live and they would do the product placements right in the middle of the program because one of martin kane's C- favorite hangouts was the uh, tobacco store so the commercial would be people coming in to buy pipe tobacco or a special uh, brand of uh, cigarettes that the show sponsored Martin Kane became a huge hit in terms of ratings. It competed frequently uh during Gargan's time with the Arthur Godfrey uh Talon Hour. Uh, Gargan gained worldwide renown, so much so that when he went to the Vatican, he went to, through a room where there were some men uh, studying for ministry who were, uh, when they were eating, not allowed to look up as part of their discipline. As he was going through there, though he heard uh, one of the people whisper, hey, that's the guy who plays Martin Kane," And he explained to his superior that he hadn't looked up, but that he just looked down at the mirror uh, and it had cast Gargan's shadow. However, he was quite a bit away from this level of worldwide renown uh, by the t- time today's episode aired. This episode was from April 5th of 1946, two and a half months after the program premiered. And it's called The William A. Davis Case.
3: I Deal in Crime.
5: The American Broadcasting Company presents I Deal in Crime, starring William Gargan as Ross Dolan. This is Ross
3: Dolan speaking from one of the ringside tables at the Rose Room Dance Palace. Yeah, you guessed it. Fifty beautiful hostesses. Count them, fifty. If you're wondering what I'm doing in a spot where they tap you a dime for a two-time whirl around a small floor, it's because somebody gave me a lifetime pass. Also, because a man named William Davis came to see me. William A. Davis, if you please. He was one of those stuffy little fuss budgets, about 50 years old and tried to cling to a dull youth by brushing his thin hair over a rapidly spreading bald spot. He walked into my office one bright afternoon and said... Hey, Mr. Dolan, you're a detective. I want you to find my daughter for me. Sure, sure, Mr. Uh, uh, well, sit down. I haven't time. My name is Davis. William Davis. William A. Davis. Well, glad to meet you. My name is Dolan. Ross Dolan. The only second name my father gave me I got when I broke the mirror in the front parlor. I have no time for levity, Mr. Dolan. Oh. Naturally, since my daughter has disappeared, I've been quite concerned. Even a trifle distraught, if I may say so. Oh, uh, say anything you want. I live up in Mission Valley. Lived there for 20 years. One day last week, my daughter simply disappeared. Uh, How old is your daughter, Mr. Davis? She's 17. A dangerous age. Yeah. Also, you'll find her self-willed. You may have trouble bringing her back. Uh-huh. Any boyfriends, Mr. Davis? I know of none. I've prepared a sort of brochure on Jacqueline. The picture's a complete history, so you'd have something to work on. Here. Here. Oh, thanks. Hmm. She's a pretty kid, isn't she? Yes. Uh, let us discuss your fee, Mr. Dolan. My ceiling is $5 per day. Five bucks a day? Mr. Davis, you better either raise your ceiling or lower your floor. You're talking to the wrong man. Yeah, I'm a sporting man, Mr. Dolan. I'll make you a proposition. If you find Jacqueline, $500. If you don't, nothing. Now, of course, I'll pay your expenses. hmm I think I'll take you up on that, Mr. Davis.
1: Yes, I, I thought
3: so. You have a reputation for being quite a gambler. Thanks. I, uh, I presume her mother is quite concerned, too. I don't know, Mr. Dolan. Also... I don't care. William A. Davis hiked out of there like an upstate Napoleon on his way to Josephine. I settled down to the more serious job of finding a 17-year-old girl in a big city. And it turned to be tough. The missing persons bureau gave me no leave. Neither did the hospital's. I called and asked more questions than a quiz master at a lawn party and finally wound up with a pretty, nice, round goose egg. I decided to beat it down the street. But the minute I left the building, I got that uncomfortable feeling around the collar. I walked a block and looked around. I had a tail. I kept going towards the next corner. I rounded the corner and stopped. My pal was close behind me. He was a big, beefy bird, but I stopped him. Oh, (coughs) pardon me. Hey, why don't you look where you... Uh Uh-oh. What's the matter, Pally? Afraid you'll miss the bus? I'm not on my way to missing any buses. Maybe not, but you sure missed the boat. Get out of my way, mister. I'm in a hurry. Sure, sure. You're in a hurry. So am I. Hey, hey, what what are you doing? What are you pulling? It's on my arm. Maybe I ought to snap it for you. My arm. Cut it out, will you? Sure, Pally. As soon as you tell me why you were following me... I wasn't following you, mister. Change your mind,
2: Pally?
3: My arm. My arm. Oh. The guy told me to tell you. There was a the guy on that corner back there. He gave me five bucks. You're lying, Pally. Oh. 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 Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm
3: telling He He's a lawyer. His name was Clemson. He's in the Ryan building. Uh-huh. What do you want? I don't know. Just wanted me to follow you. Tell him where you went, that's all. Then I, uh... Oh, no. Yeah, you're going, Pally, with me. this is another of your feeble fabrications, uh, I'll really give you something to scream about. The character and I walked over to the Ryan building a couple of blocks away, rode up to the offices of Edgar Clemson, attorney at law. We walked right past a cute little secretary who was busy hiking her nylons up to sea level. Just a
6: moment, sir. You can't go in there.
3: Who said so, sister? Come on, you. Okay, okay. You Clemson? How did you get in here? Who are you? I got in through the door. My name's Dolan. I brought you something. What do you want? I'm busy. I brought your tail back, Clemson. Next time, get a guy who's a little smaller than a two-car garage. And a little smarter than a yubangi Really, Mr. Dolan, I don't know what you're talking about. Don't go spreading that around, Clemson, because I know better. You hired this mug here to follow me. He says so. Follow you? Really, Dolan, I'm engaged in the practice of law, not a scavenger hunt. One more crack like that, mouthpiece, and I'll twist your trumpet. The next time you put this dumb lug on my tail, I'll mail you back his arm. Now listen here, Dolan, I got... Quiet. Life. You're under the impression you're pretty tough, aren't you, Dolan? Suppose I am. Just remember that I'm a lawyer, Dolan. You get tough with me and I'll tenderize you like a two-dollar ham. Now get out of here. It would have been a pleasure to hang one on Clemson, but the percentage was against me. Then I remembered the story of that Greek hero, the one with the weak heel. I figured Clemson might have a weak heel, too. He did, and I was kind of sorry about calling her a heel. It was Charlotte Crandall, Clemson's secretary. I promptly picked her up and just as promptly sat her down again, in one of those cozy spots.
6: Sure was nice of you to take me out
3: for cocktails, Mr. Dolan. Oh, don't mention it, Charlotte. When I saw those nylons, I was a gone gosling.
6: Oh, I'll bet you say that to all the girls.
3: Uh Uh-uh. All the girls I know don't have nylons. They
6: don't? Gee, it sure is swell in here, Mr. Dolan. I've never been here before.
3: Uh, where do your boyfriends usually take you?
6: Well, Lately, they've all been taking me home.
3: That's so. I guess
6: because they don't make much money.
3: Or else they're smarter than... Oh, well, uh... Say, uh, um, how's your boss?
6: Boy, was he mad at Butch. The guy who followed you.
3: I can imagine. Uh, Butch, uh, do a lot of work for Clinton?
6: Just where Lucky Maxwell's concerned.
3: Lucky Maxwell? Don't remember him.
6: <laughs> Lucky isn't a he, Mr. Dolan. He's a she. No. She's one of Mr. Clemson's best clients. And you know something? No, why? She runs a diamond dance place. It's called the Rose Room.
3: Hmm. Must take it in some evening.
6: Oh, I don't think you'd like it. It costs a dime every time you dance with a girl. Besides, I dance with you free.
3: Maybe you have got something, Charlotte. Uh, have another... Uh, um... Uh-uh.
6: One of my boyfriends is coming over.
3: Well, don't worry, Charlotte. One night this week, you and I will go out. I'll show you the sights.
6: Okay. Make it anything but the zoo. I've seen that seven times this month.
3: Anything but the zoo. Hey, okay. Yeah. Hey, Miss Crandall, Mr. Clemson wants you right away. He sent me to look for you. Isn't it kind of funny you came to exactly the same place? Mr. Clemson said I couldn't talk to you, Dolan. Come on, Miss Crandall. Mr. Clemson is kind of mad.
6: Okay, okay. I'm going. Goodbye, Mr. Dolan. See you later.
3: Yeah, kid. Well, I... Guess i better beat it, too. The boss sent for me to tell you something, Dolan. Yeah, what? Lay off his secretary, or he'll nail your hide to your own front door. I paid the bill and got out of the spot. I wandered downtown a little deeper, where the stores have open fronts and the proprietors wear only shirts and try to coax you inside. I killed time until it was dark, and then I went for an evening of dancing at the Rose Room. I walked between a garish sign that advertised 50 beautiful hostesses, 50, best music in town. So I walked up the rickety steps, laid down a couple of bucks, took my 20 tickets, and hiked in. I walked over to the check room. I saw a girl behind the counter who took my breath away.
2: She smiled at me.
0: Well, customer, check your hat. Yeah. Number seven eleven, mister, for you. That's lucky. Yeah.
3: Uh, you stand back there all the time, or do you ever come out?
0: Oh, for a good customer, sometimes I come out. Oh, I'm a good customer. Oh, that's what they all say. Dan? Yeah. Then... Oh, why not? Oh, come on, customer. Yeah. Give me your ticket. Have to have another ticket.
3: That was a dance. Why I only got a chance to do three steps. Yeah, well, up here, Mister, you got to be quick. You said it. Uh, How about sitting uh, at one of those tables?
0: Sure. Give me a dollar. A buck for sitting? Yeah, for fifteen minutes. Three bucks for an hour. Holy smoke!
3: What does the poor guy do around here?
0: He goes to a movie and saves his money. Want to sit?
3: Yeah. And at that price, those chairs better be upholstered in platinum.
0: Oh,
3: how's this? Swell.
0: Have something? Uh-uh. Management says no. You can, though.
3: Oh, thanks. Maybe I can't afford it.
0: Say, hey, who are you,
3: mister?
0: I've seen you places.
3: Yeah, name's Dolan. Mean anything?
0: Uh-uh. Like the name, though. Wish I could stay. Yeah.
3: Well, what about that babe out there in the blue dress?
0: Oh, you mean Jackie. She's popular.
3: Hmm, too bad.
0: Oh, of course, if you'd like
3: to meet her, I can fix it. Would you? Uh, fix it, I
0: mean. Sure. I'll send her over. See you later,
3: Nova. I watched my erstwhile girlfriend walk out on the floor, say something to the kid in the blue dress who I knew was Jacqueline Davis. Then she ankled back to her check room while Jacqueline came towards me. She and the band made it at the same moment. Hello. You wanna dance?
2: What's
7: it.
3: Let's try one, huh?
6: That's what we're paid for. Mm-hmm.
7: You're pretty
3: good. Thanks. Jackie?
7: Oh, you know my name. Who told you?
3: The uh, doll in the check room. She did? Yeah.
7: Why are we dancing toward the door? It's crowded over there.
3: We're going places, kid.
7: You got
3: me wrong, mister. I don't leave the place. Oh, yes, I, I think you do. You're Jacqueline Davis, aren't you? So what? So your old man's looking for you. He's playing me a nice fat fee to bring you home. So we're walking over to the door. We're leaving, you and me. I won't go. And
7: you can't make me.
3: You're 17. Either you go with me now or I'll be back with a writ and shut this place up. I'm 18. Cut it out, kid. I know better. Come on, and don't say anything to anybody.
4: Just a minute, mister. What goes? The
3: girl. I'm taking her out.
4: Oh, no, you're not. We don't permit girls to leave with the customers.
3: You're in the wrong place. Uh Uh-uh, I'm in the right place. The kid's only 17. Our old man's looking for her. So? You want any more than that?
4: No. Beat it. Mister, don't come back. Okay.
7: What makes you think you can get away with this?
3: I don't think. Hustle it, kid. Your old man's waiting.
7: I won't go back, and you can't make me.
3: If you were my kid and you talked that way, I'd paddle you until you put on your stocking standing up for a week. There's a cab. Get in. Okay. In, kid. Hey, Jackie, what goes?
7: Mike, my father
3: sent him. He's after me. Get in here, mister. The dame stays out. What do you think you're pulling? I'll get your license for this. Oh, make me laugh. I don't have a license for a gun. Get in. Okay, okay. Get upstairs, Jackie, and get Sammy.
7: I don't have to. Here he comes now.
3: Sit still, Dick.
4: As soon as Sammy gets here, we're leaving. Oh, is uh, Sammy going along? I see you've caught him. Get going, Mike. Out the post road. I got something for this monkey. Why, Sammy, are you talking about me? Shut up.
3: We headed out of town fast. I took a look at Sammy, the dance hall bouncer, and I didn't like what I saw. He had those tight little lines around his mouth and a cold gleam in his eyes. He didn't say a word until we got about ten miles out. Then in a nice, quiet spot, he opened up.
4: Pull up, Mike. This is it. Okay, Sammy.
3: I suppose this is where you make with the bang-bang and the body in the bushes?
4: No. Just taking you for this little jaunt to teach you a lesson.
3: How nice of you, Pally.
4: Do I get a diploma? Just be happy you don't get a hit in the head, Dolan. You're mixed up in something that doesn't concern you. Stay out of it. Who's going to make me? Several people. Next time we have to ride you out of town, you'll be a lot unhappier. Now get out.
3: Oh, wait a minute. You mean you took me for this nice ride and now I have to walk home?
4: You sure do, Dolan. And the next time I have to take you for a ride, you won't have to walk. Oh, nice. I'll bring you back in a basket.
3: The cab door slammed And my two pals Got away from there fast There was only one thing For me to do And that was to start walking It was late and There were no cars And I figured I could make it To the nearest car line By morning By that time Jackie Davis Would be on her way to China Hey, hey How about a lift town? Uh, where are you going, mister? Uh, Back to town. Can you help me out? Time in, Sonny.
2: Thanks.
3: Hey, what are you doing way out here this time of night, Sonny? Uh, my doctor told me to take long walks. Only tonight I overdid it. The old man edged away from me as though I were a psychopathic case. But he did run me into town. He chugged right down to the corner opposite the Rose Room where he let me out. I walked across the street and hid in a dark doorway next door to the main entrance. It was ten minutes to twelve. I made it just in time because Jacqueline Davis was coming down the steps with Sammy. Don't be chilling,
4: kid. I just took him for a long ride and made him walk back. But are you sure he's not around? Not unless he flew back. He's got a long walk, kid. I don't worry about a thing.
7: I hope nothing goes wrong, Sammy. My father hired
4: him to bring me back. I know. Now forget it, will you, Jackie? Here comes Mike, right on the button. Yeah, Jackie. I'll ride home with you. Thanks. Hey, I'm kind of scared. Hey, uh, anybody tell you, Mike? Uh. Nah, I'm oh, clean.
2: Oh.
3: Jackie, Sammy, and the driver drove out of there in a hurry. I got a cab and followed. They pulled up in an apartment house. I watched while the girl got out and ran in. Sammy and Mike drove off. I left my cab and walked to the apartment house door. I was surprised to see the name Maxwell on the mailbox. I pushed the button, and half a minute later, I was knocking on a door. Uh, not old kid. The name's Dolan. Come on. You're leaving.
7: I won't go. I'll yell for help.
3: Go ahead. I'll explain that I'm taking a 17-year-old kid back to our old man.
7: Yes, and you don't know what you're doing. If Sammy was here, he'd show you. If
3: Sammy was here, I'd give him a nut on the head. Now drop the talk, kid, and let's get out of here. I wasted enough time on you.
7: Dolan, please, can't I stay here?
3: No, come on. Uh-oh. Here comes trouble. Oh,
4: hiya, Jackie. Mr. Clemson
3: sent me over to keep an eye on you, so I am.
7: I'm glad you came, Butch. Look,
3: it's him. I know, but I can't talk to him. Mr. Clemson says so. Thanks, pal. Now, get out of the way. We're in a hurry.
7: No, Butch. He wants to take me back. Back to my father.
3: Oh, you can't do that, Dolan. Mr. Clemson says for her to wait. Out of the way, Dopey. I don't like being called a dope, See? For the second time, out of the way, Dopey. I just remembered I don't like you very much, Dolan. That's too bad. Now, come on, kid. We got things to do. We went back downtown for two reasons. One, to get my car. And two, to tell old Davis I had found his daughter. I called Davis on the phone. You've got her? You've actually found her? Sure, Mr. Davis. What now? Uh, Bring her up here. At this hour of the night? How soon can you leave? In about ten minutes. Good. You can make it in an hour. Take the post road. The post road? Yes, it's faster that way. You know how to get to Mission Valley by the post road, Jackie?
7: Even if I did, I wouldn't tell you.
3: Okay, kid. Here's my car. I'll find the way.
4: Wait a second, Dolan not getting
3: in there. Well, if it isn't Sammy the bouncer. then riding any more characters out to the sticks?
4: Don't be gay, Dolan. Just Get back up to your apartment. Jackie isn't going back to her old man, see?
3: Yeah, Pally, I see. And I see a gun right here in my mitt. Now, we'll see how well you're loaded. No, you don't. Oh, yes, I do. I might be sorry if I didn't take precautions. There. Well, a neat heater you're carrying, chum. Thirty-eight. Pretty man-sized for a lad like you, so I think I'll take it. Doesn't make any difference.
4: Mike is waiting outside the garage door.
3: I'm not playing duck on a rock for any smart mouth, Pally. Get in the car with the kid. What for? Get in and hurry it. Let
4: me see you get past Mike at the door, Dolan.
3: I'm not getting past. You're doing that for me. Uh Uh-uh. On the contrary, uh uh-uh. Because if you don't, this will go off right in your face. Sammy had a lot of nerve, but the gun scared him. We drove out the door, Sammy said the correct thing, and I waved gaily at Mike and beat it out of town. I remembered how kind Sammy had been to me, so exactly ten miles out, I dumped him off to hook it back to town. I don't think he liked it. We'll be there in ten minutes, kid. I'm sorry I had to let Sammy out so far back.
7: You think you're so smart. You just wait.
3: Hey, look at that chump coming up behind us without light.
2: Hey, you, turn on your light.
3: A cream-colored sedan had sneaked up behind us, and as it passed, a series of stabbing flames shot out of the window. One of the bullets hit my front tire, and I wheeled off into the ditch. I sat there for five minutes, but the car never came back. He must have been positive that he got us. I changed the tire, and ten minutes after that, led the girl into the Davis living room.
2: A splendid job,
3: Dolan. Splendid. Thanks, Mr. Davis. But uh, did I hear shots down the road a while back? Somebody tried to shoot us off the road. Oh. And you, my dear, did you enjoy your trip to the city?
7: Please, Mr. Dolan, don't leave me here. I'm scared.
3: Hey, what a way to speak of your own father, Jacqueline. Here, Dolan, I'll write you out a check.
7: Please, Mr. Dolan, he took all of Grandfather's money. The money I was supposed to get.
3: She's talking like a child, Dolan. Come, I'll write you a check.
7: Sure, you'll give him a check. You've got plenty since you drove Mother out of the house.
3: Jacqueline, you don't know what you're talking about.
7: That's so. Mother told me everything. You stole everything Grandfather left me.
2: Your mother is a... Be quiet, Jacqueline.
7: You're just a big crook. You've always wanted everything for yourself.
3: Come, Dolan, I'll make you out your check. Just a minute, Davis. Jackie, uh, is your mother, does uh, she work down at that joint, kid?
7: She owns it, Mr. Smarty. She's Lucky Maxwell.
3: Jacqueline, I'll teach you to run off to the city and blab to your mother.
2: I up. I... <gasps> that That'll teach you a few things.
3: That'll be enough of that, Davis. If you want to beat your kid, do it when I'm not around. This is my affair. You keep out of it. I'll get your check. Please don't leave, Mr. Dolan. He'll kill me. Honesty will. You be quiet, Jacqueline. Maybe I ought to hang around, Davis. You'll get your check and get out. That's what you'll do. Jackie, what kind of a car does your father drive? Why, Jacqueline?
7: It, it's a cream-colored sedan. Mr. Dolan, you don't think...
3: Uh-huh. You know, Davis, I've made a mistake. I've been working for the wrong person. You drove that car tonight. You asked me to drive the post road so you could knock us off. You were playing a little murder game on the safe side. Put up your hands, Dolan. That's what it is. You hired me to get the kid out in the open so you could knock her off. Too bad you ever learned to think, Dolan. Yeah. Now you'll have to get rid of both of us, won't you? I told you he brought her up here, Mr. Clemson. See? Yes, we thought we'd find you here, Dolan. Mother,
7: what are you doing here?
3: Drop it, Davis. Drop the gun. Haven't you done enough? Yeah, Mr. Davis. You're in enough trouble now. No, no, you don't. This is my house, and I've got a right to defend myself against all of you. Even you, my dear. You'd really shoot, wouldn't you? Of course I would. No. No, you won't. Give me that gun, old-timer. I said, give me that gun. Keep away. Keep away. I'll shoot again. No, you won't, (coughs) old-timer. Now, Mr. Dolan, I got something for you, too. I owe you. That'll be enough of that, Butch. But, boss... That'll uh... be enough, I said. Thanks, Clinton. Don't thank me, Dolan. You're in trouble. I'm going to charge you with assault. That's for hitting Butch and for kidnapping Sammy as well as Jackie. That'll cool you off. Yeah, and I don't blame you. For once, I was on the wrong side of the fence.
0: Well, nevertheless, Dolan, we heard you outside the door. By doing what you did, you probably saved Jackie's life.
3: Yes, Dolan, so under the circumstances, we're willing to drop any possible charges if you'll help Miss Maxwell in her suit against Davis. I'll be glad to. Say, uh, sister, didn't I hear Jackie call you Mother?
0: Naturally, I'm not her grandmother, you know.
3: the whole story came out then, Jackie was to be 18 in two days. In spite of the fact that her mother was to have her, old man Davis wanted to keep her. Then he could cover up the fact that he'd stolen most of the money left to her by her grandfather. Clemson forgave me, and so did Butch. The kid Jackie kissed me for sticking up for her. Lucky Maxwell? Well, I, I talked to her a couple of days later at the Rose.
0: You look surprised, Dolan. I could have a 17-year-old daughter.
3: You could, sure, but you're not over 30 yourself.
0: Oh, thanks, Dolan. Only I'm 35.
3: Sister, the years rest on you like a feather. <laughs> but uh, what about this Maxwell business?
0: Well, Maxwell is my maiden name. He threw me out because he thought it would make it easier for him to get his hands on the money my father left, Jackie.
3: <laughs> and all the time I thought he was on the level. Well,
0: naturally you would. But do you know that for a long time, even I was a virtual prisoner? When Jackie grew older, she sneaked down to see me after I'd left him.
3: But uh, a joint like this?
0: Oh, why not? That way I could keep an eye on her. Oh, by the way, Dolan, he promised to pay you. He can't, but I can. Here, make a check. Oh, thanks,
3: Lucky. You know, you, you should get married again. You're young. Emma. Oh, and you're beautiful. Like like a rose. You're you're breathtaking.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Am I? No. take Clemson. He's pretty good, Joe. Yeah, no, he's my lawyer.
0: There's no romance in legal
3: matters. Well, someone else, then. Sure.
0: Let's dance.
3: Come on. But um uh, <laughs> I'm I'm too young to get married. Uh, Are you? Ah, uh, besides, I left my wallet at home.
0: Yeah, I thought you would. Here's ten tickets. Let's
3: dance. Yeah, but um. After all, what have you got to lose? Oh, not a thing. Not a thing. Uh, uh, Pardon me, folks. And good night.
5: Get to listen again next week, same time, when you will hear William Gargan say, I deal in
2: crime.
5: I deal in crime, starring William Gargan as Ross Dolan, is a special presentation of the American Broadcasting Company, written by Ted Hediger Directed by Leonard Riege, with original music composed and conducted by Skitch Henderson. All characters and incidents used on this program are fictitious. Any resemblance to actual persons or incidents is purely coincidental. I, Deal in Crime, came to you from Hollywood. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.
1: Welcome back. I had fun with this episode. It's something interesting and different when our private detective spends the episode exchanging hard-boiled insults with several people only for it to turn out that they're not such bad guys after all. This one is noteworthy as well as a hard-boiled detective show where nobody died, though uh, Ross Dolan came a little close there. Alright, well now we turn to listener comments and feedback. Uh, We got an uh, email, uh, or comment I should say, from Charles asking if I knew where there were any Box 13 scripts for a drama group to uh, perform. I'm not aware of any uh, Box 13 scripts out there, uh, but if you do have a a drama group and you'd like to uh, perform an old-time radio play, uh, reenact one... Um, there, there's a very good site called genericradio.com. That's genericradio.com. And they have scripts for a wide variety of shows, including Pat Novak for Hire, Burns and Allen, Suspense, and uh, many others. So if you're looking for one of those, I recommend genericradio.com. All right. Well, we have a, a note from Bill who says, uh, who uh, sent along a nice uh, donation to the program says, Adam, I have enjoyed your Great Detectives podcast for some months and felt compelled to contribute. Keep up the great work. By the way, Candy Madsen is my favorite. Well, thanks so much for the contribution, Bill. And we'll be sending along information to access our premium site, which we do for all uh, donations of $7 or more. Support is much appreciated. And, of course, we will be getting to Candy Madsen uh, fairly soon. It'll be the first uh, news show we rotate in. But before that, we've got Rogue's Gallery, which will start tomorrow and run for 24 weeks. So join us for that, the first episode of we've got with Rogue's Gallery starring Dick Powell. And join us back next week for the last episode of Ideal and Crime, after which we'll begin Barry Craig Confidential Investigator. In the meantime, if you've got a comment, uh, send it to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Uh, You can follow us over on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And you can always feel free to call us, 208-991-4783. From Boise, Idaho, though, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.